who's back for another week is this three in a row is this is this a combo of some sort i mean it wouldn't necessarily need to be a combo if you hadn't left us in the first place chat hush hush <laughs> i had money to make you went out for your pack of cigarettes and actually came back oh about that bread definitely got to get paid i will never fault a man for getting paid well i will actually because a lot yeah, of no, really no, will definitely ways to get paid. <laughs> yeah. You know what? This isn't one of them. This is an honest living. Yes, it is. It absolutely is. Welcome to another edition of Real Nerd Hours, your favorite slice of life podcast uh, featuring two people who have done things in the last week. We promise. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> On this week's episode, we've got an anime convention recap. And some other things. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even bother explaining what the topics that I was going to bring in were. But that's okay. It's, it's a learning experience for everyone. Absolutely. Everyone's going to be surprised. All right, cool. Oh, How about you set us off with your fanime recap? All right. So fanime happened. I got sick. The end. Oh, thanks, fanime. Thanks. Thank you, anime, for existing. You know, I went up to, to fanime this last weekend. It's a big old convention up in San Jose. It's not that different um, from a lot of other conventions, except for a couple of things. First, the area is very cozy, and it's actually kind of nice to just be in downtown San Jose. If you've ever been to downtown San Jose, you'll know that it, in recent years got much nicer, whereas the rest of San Jose is kind of shitty. <laughs> but that one little like square mile near SJSU is really cozy and pretty cute and there's a lot of good food there so that's a big plus because a lot of anime conventions have absolute garbage for food choices uh, or you know you have to spend like $40 per meal which in um, you know anime nerd terms that's two figurines and that's too much to spend on one meal yeah absolutely you know, food food can be purchased anywhere there's, there's only one place you can get that sweet Haruhi anniversary figure. I have no idea if there's an anniversary figure. I don't, I don't give a shit. Uh, but the other thing that, that makes Fanime really nice is that a lot of the stuff there is 24 hour. So, you know, after you've been out drinking for 13 hours in a day, you can stumble over to the arcade and there's still plenty to do. You don't just have to go to bed. So that's pretty cool. I did that a few times and yeah, that was that was good. This this year in Fanime history was kind of odd for me because more people have stopped going, at least out of like my circle, because everyone's got jobs and kids and responsibilities or they just don't have the money anymore and aren't living with their parents. So a lot of people that I normally look forward to seeing just weren't there and that's been the case for the last couple of years, but even a lot of my backup people were not there. Not to say that I didn't have a good time or anything. Uh, it was just 
different and much more chill. I actually slept this time. It was wild. <laughs> Welcome to my average con experience, regardless of if people are there <laughs> or not. I definitely will get my Z's in. Yeah, you know, that's that's been something that has been a conscious effort in recent years. Like, you know what? I don't need to get out of bed before 10 for any real reason. And I also don't need to force myself to stay up past dawn. So, yeah, let's actually get some fucking sleep. And, oh, what's that? What's, you're eating actual meals of real sustenance? Oh, oh. Dude, wow, what a fucking constant the, concept. The biggest game changer to going to conventions is just being an adult with money. It's so fucking nice. Being able to buy <laughs> things is so cool, man. Yeah, and like, that doesn't mean you have to, you know, spend $14 on a convention hot dog. No, you can just call a cab and drive to a decent restaurant and actually get real food and not make it stretch over the course of three days. Yeah, it's it's incredible. You don't Highly have to recommend. buy packed deli meats at the local grocery store and then go get ice at the end of the hallway and then change out the <laughs> ice every day. So the meat doesn't get bad because for some reason there's no refrigerator in your hotel room. Well, they got to keep that mini fridge stocked. And there's about fourteen hundred dollars worth of liquids in there. <laughs> Water costs thirteen ninety nine. And everything else is just piss. Yup. It's very valuable piss, but it's that's all it is. Going to conventions is a great experience if you're like into that sort of thing. But having friends there is what kind of makes it. Yeah, I, I had to explain this to a few people when, you know, usually the cab rides over to the airport and stuff where, you know, they say, man, how can you how can you do the same event that much? You must be really dedicated because I've been going to these things for 12 years total. Nope, more than that, 13 years. Uh, and yeah, no, it, it's become a very different type of experience for me. Because, you know, in those first four, few years, it was going for the dealer hall and seeing panels and, you know, getting stuff signed and what the stuff that you're supposed to do, you know. But then after five years deep, I stopped caring about any of that because I'd seen it all before. You know, there's only but so much unique stuff that any one con can have. And of course, my first two that I would go to were Comic-Con and Anime Expo, which completely eclipse every other convention in terms of like what kind of cool shit that they have in the dealer hall. You know, when you when you see Comic-Con and then you see something like PMX, there's no comparison. So... That quickly lost any sort of appeal for me. But then I became friends with a lot of people that attend these things. So that became the reason why I would attend. And that's effectively the only reason why I still go at this point. Yeah, some of the smaller conventions, although like I appreciate going and I do have a good time, they serve very different purposes. And something like a Comic-Con it depends on which convention it is, but if you're lucky, you'll get the same press stuff as they have at the larger conventions, um, just not as much of it. So you won't get like the obscure titles, but you'll get everything big that is at a small convention uh, or at a large convention at the small convention. Not even just about the the stuff and the press, but it's also the amount of presence 
that's there with those large conventions. Because, like, I mean, Comic-Con is on a whole nother level. But let's say Anime Expo. You know, recently, and by recently, I mean, like, three years ago. Um, oh, God, his name escapes. Uh, Yoshitaka Amano was a guest at Anime Expo. And that was one of the first times he had been in the U.S. in, like, a decade. And he's doing custom prints for people, like, on site, you know. That's a huge draw for, you know, any Final Fantasy fans or anyone who's a fan of his art. And you're not going to get that again at basically any other event, you know? Yeah, that's definitely true. Another problem with the smaller events is that the price parity is so close to the larger events that it's almost not worth going to a lot of them. Yeah, I mean, the biggest ones... They're they're still too expensive in my eyes, but the smaller ones, you know, a four day badge, no matter what the size is, if it's a four day con, it's going to be at least sixty dollars, which is a good deal. It's fifteen days per or fifteen dollars per day. They only go up to like a hundred unless you're Comic Con, but that's only you know up to twenty five dollars a day, ten dollars a day difference. With the the disparity in how much you can do and like how much they have to invest into their guests and their lodgings and whatever, it, it hardly seems worth it. Yeah, it's it's difficult to justify some of the pricing. I mean, if you're if you're somebody who's like a cosplayer or uh, somebody who's in the industry, it's definitely got a different value for you. But if you're the average person who's just going there to get drunk with your friends, like it's kind of just not worth the trouble in some cases. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely have a skewed view on this because I haven't actually paid for most of the conventions I've attended in a long time. And that's not me uh, advocating for piracy or ghosting or anything of that sort. But, uh, you know, I just realized that there's a lot of spooky names when it comes to stealing things. It's just you're running a ghost ship. <laughs> it's gotten real uh, Pirates of the Caribbean up in here. But uh, no, I like I would be a panelist or a guest or, you know, something of that sort where I wouldn't have to pay for for the events. So and that's honestly the best way to do it. Yeah, I mean, I'll attend whatever you whatever you have going on. But don't make me pay to attend your thing. Like, sure, I'll pay for gas and parking. I don't give a shit about that. But, like, I'm not buying a badge on top of that if I don't care about your event. Yeah. I I don't typically buy badges anymore either. Mostly because I'd rather just take part in the event itself. Like, if I'm, if yeah. I'm going there, I want to be able to justify my presence not to be like uh, an asshole about it but I don't want to go just to get drunk with the homies anymore because doing that for four I can be there for like one or two days and accomplish that but being there for like four or five days I think it, it really depends on your online presence at this point at least because I don't know how many people just browse like artist alleys and dealer hall stuff instead of like oh this person's releasing this exclusive thing or I can buy it without paying shipping costs if I go to their booth, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's true. I've never really been much a patron of any of that. So I don't know. Yeah. And that's completely fair. Me neither. 
I don't really buy yeah. shit on the floor. For the most part, in the dealer's hall, that's where I have the most problem. Because it's like, in the dealer's hall, they're just reselling knickknacks for the most part. Or just overpricing for tapes and DVDs and stuff. And I, There's so many bad deals in dealer halls. Oh, man. But then there's also some like really good ones, so you just gotta know yeah it depends on where you are yeah i've seen stuff like you know 15 dollars plushes being sold for 40 but i've also seen like 150 dollars figures being sold for 70 it's like i don't really get how y'all are doing your pricing but whatever works for you my man yeah i guess capitalism let's go yeah So, in recent news, the WHO, the World Health Organization, just listed gaming disorder as an illness. It's official, folks. All you gamers, all you gamers are mentally ill. Gamers rise up and tell you, society, what you feel about this. Gamers rise up. Of course, it's... it's, We've finally broken the glass ceiling of (laughs) mental disorders. (laughs) <laughs> we are now officially the most oppressed class. Yeah, it's true. They're a minority now. And I say they because I don't I don't associate with being a gamer. I'm not on your list of diseases. Get out of here. <laughs> I think it's a good thing, uh, especially considering like you can be addicted to a lot of things. But a gaming addiction is something that's uh, probably close to pretty high on the list and it's it's good that they're flexible with the times and can keep up with current culture in a way that's like relevant but not in the pop culture meaning of relevant (laughs) like relevant in that they're keeping up with what could possibly be issues yeah you know it is a real social thing and you know you you gotta be prepared to take on new issues as they come up you know but uh if you've heard about this from, I don't know, YouTubers or just internet headlines, you probably got a more sensationalized version of what the fuck they're actually classifying this as. Or like, what are the criteria for this? But long story short, gaming disorder or gaming addiction is only being classified as a problem or as a disease for people that it's actually a problem, like really affecting their lives. So, for example, and I retweeted this from Jean Zhao, MD. He's a friend of mine and also a real doctor. But the gist of it is, you know, if you're a streamer and you're playing video games 12 hours a day and that's your income and you have a social life and you, you know, you have a schedule that you keep, that's not a gaming disease. You're playing 12 hours a day, but it's, there's a reason for this. You know, you're still grounded. But if you're only playing video games three hours a day, but you're neglecting your kids and you're slipping at work and you've lost your social life, that's more of an issue. You know, that's actually a problem despite there being less time spent playing games. And the other thing that's important to note is that this isn't something that you just go to the doctor and say, Doc, my husband's been playing too many games. I need you to give him some pills so he'll stop playing the games. He's no, obsessed it's, it's with a... Tomb Raider. Why does he like Laura Croft's big titties? I don't understand. 
I mean, if he's playing the new Tomb Raider, then they're just the regular old titties. Goddamn SJWs. <laughs> SJWs ruined Lara Croft. All right, so it's it's a thing that needs to be studied over a long period of time. And they say, like, they're giving a 12-month minimum of, like, observed behavior before they actually qualify someone as having this disease. So, uh, yeah, no, unless unless you really have a problem, you're not going to be classified with having this issue. Well, that's good. They don't we don't want the overprescription of the neo Ritalin or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what, what would even be done. Like what what's the action that is taken when someone has this disease? Is it just therapy or is it, I don't know. I mean, I guess it would be just to wean them off of it slowly and like get them further away from electronics, I guess. I don't know. That's a hard question to answer because you've got access to a phone like a bunch of time during the day and you can get a dumb phone now. So maybe they just give them a dumb phone and say, uh, you can't play snake on this either. So fuck off. (laughs) I mean, if someone was addicted to snake and like letting that affect their their social life, I'd be almost impressed. And they'd better have a good ass score. Well, they need to get their fix, bro. I need my fix, man. Sure, gotta gotta collect that digital apple, man. Just just chasing the apple. I'll never get that same high as that time I hit sixty nine in snake. I didn't even know it could go that high. Never the same. Never the same. (laughs) So, speaking of gaming, and I don't know, maybe this ties into gaming addiction, but uh, Pokemon had a press conference today, and they announced uh, Pokemon Go to fucking bed. Oh, is that a real thing? Uh, Yeah, Pokemon Sleep. It's... uh, it's a real thing that they announced today. Here's the first headline from the Polygon article on it. Or the first paragraph. The Pokemon company just announced an unusual new project called Pokemon Sleep. An app that hopes to do for sleeping what Pokemon, di- Pokemon Go did for walking. In other words, Pokemon Sleep is being designed with the idea of, quote, transforming sleep into entertainment. Bitch, what? I, I guess they're gonna... Find some way of making sure that people sleep on time, kind of like what a what a Fitbit does, but with a Pokemon theme to it. I don't really know. That's really fucked up. But ever since ever since I uh, found out about the Pavlock, now I understand that people just got to do what they got to do, man. Yeah, you know, if it helps someone, you know, live a, a healthier lifestyle, then I guess I can't hate. But also, what the fuck? Yeah, it's very strange. Odd choice. Man. Okay, real talk. If <laughs> I, I would probably actually be susceptible to this being marketed to me if there was like real rewards. Well, not real, but, you know, virtual rewards for having a healthy sleep schedule. Because I mean, it's kind of a win-win. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, but I don't know, man. That's that's a bit much for me. I can't I uh, I can't gamify every aspect of my life. 
Like, there's got to be something about how gamification is actually ruining society somewhere. Like, I need to see that article. I'm certain it exists, and I don't want to find it because I also enjoy gamification, so... Oh, God, disgusting. I, I just think it's amusing. I don't really buy into it, but... There are studies out there that definitely verify that gamifying things has a positive impact on people being able to get them done. So it's just like, it's gross to me, gamifying every aspect (laughs) of life. Like, God damn, you get 30 points on the day if you brush your teeth. Uh, You get 40 points if you do your push-ups, if you make it to the gym and shit. Like, I, I think that's gross. And I don't like it. See, I also I don't really think that kind of stuff works for everyone. Like you have to have the the mentality or the whatever affinity for that type of thing in the first place. Like I never really got obsessed with any mobile games because I hate doing dailies. You know, I hate having to log into something every day, even though I'll enjoy the game and you know I'll usually go hard on it for like a week or two and then I just get tired of doing it and then I stop and I might pick it back up months later but I stop so doing something like that for going to the gym like if that's my only incentive to go to the gym rather than you know just a little bonus on top of it if that's the only reason why I'm going to the gym I'm just gonna stop going to the gym because I stopped giving a shit about the game yeah, and that's the hazard of gamification, right? Eventually, people quit the game. And if you're gamifying aspects of your life, like taking a fucking shower, then I couldn't imagine that it would turn out too well. Yeah, I don't need points for taking a shower. I take a shower so I don't fucking smell. I mean, granted, there are some people who probably should get some bonus points for showering because they wouldn't do it otherwise. And... I would say good for them, but no, that's bad, bad for them. It's bad for everyone around them. Yeah. There's something to be said for being able to do something without necessarily needing that sort of motivation for it. Yeah, there are some things that should be their own reward. And I mean, that feels kind of empty to say, but stuff like, I don't know going to school to get an education like you're not doing that just for a grade you're doing it for whatever you know degree you're pursuing or raising your kids you know you're not here doing this every day to get some sort of pat on the back no you're doing it every day because it's your job as a parent to raise your goddamn kids you got billy to wipe his ass 400 points wow yeah so that kind of stuff I, it gets, it gets a little, I, I, I question it when you have to gamify or give bonus points for really basic shit that should just be standard. You but, say it you know, should be, but I mean, I watched a clip of a man earlier today explaining that when he shits, he catches the <laughs> toilet paper in his hand or he catches the shit in the toilet paper in his hand. I, it was one of the most You're saying you just let the doo-doo fall? You just let it just, when you shit, you just let it fall into the water, huh? I've watched that clip 
like 30 times now. I have shown everybody I know because it is fucking baffling. Yeah. So I at this point, I can't really ever say that anything is common knowledge, especially stuff that's typically kept private. Yeah, that's that's a phenomenon that only I guess only we would know about because of the the advent of the Internet. Like there's been multiple cases of usually men having really bad bathroom etiquette and not even just like being polite. I mean, like just not knowing how to use the bathroom properly. And I I don't know if that's from like, uh, you know, toxic masculinity type thing where their parents don't teach them properly because they're too manly for that or something. Or if it's just complete ignorance, but I've never really talked about my, my, uh, practices when shitting with anyone so i guess i could be doing something wrong but i don't think so (laughs) yeah absolutely there are people from south america in particular or places with really shitty plumbing uh no pun intended that when they wipe they just throw it into a waste basket next to the toilet oh yeah and it's because the plumbing in their country can't handle the uh poop or the the toilet paper going down, which is like really yeah. kind of that's awful, um, and I'm sure it smells really bad. Oh God, I couldn't terrible. imagine. The one the one common disagreement that I get or that I hear is between people who wipe and then check visually, and then people who trust their tactile. Uh, senses do they go you know some people don't look some people do and some people don't look at toilet paper after they've wiped their ass i mean that's up to the individual i suppose i agree you know i i'm on team check that shit because i don't want racing stripes on my underwear and also i've been fooled before you know, I understand where they're coming from with the, oh, it's a tactile thing. You can feel it as you're wiping, but I've been wrong. And that's not a risk I'm willing to take. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, too, have been wrong in the past. It's not a good time. But I will also say that, like, get a bidet. That's probably a good tip. Uh, use wet wipes because we're not savages. Yeah, definitely use wet wipes. I don't know. There are a lot of different things. Uh, the cleanliness <laughs> is up bad to for you. Your sep- they're bad for your septic Ooh. tank. Yeah, um, they're 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 technically like they say they're flushable. Like, yeah, they can be flushed, but they don't they don't dissolve or anything. I mean, yeah. if that's not your problem, hey, whatever. That's not your problem. Yeah, I mean, I live in an apartment complex, so fuck them, whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> I mean, one day it'll probably become a problem, but like as of right now and the last like five years that I've been using wet wipes uh, in this apartment, not a problem. Wet wipes are a game changer too. It is pretty nice. And a bidet, pretty fucking nice. a bidet is even more next level. You can install a bidet on your toilet for like $300. That's a lot of money. All said. Yeah, but that's your ass. You do that shit every day. Sometimes even twice a day. 
yeah, I mean, you just got to, you know, get your hygiene routine in check. I typically take a shower after I poop. So, yeah, you got your you got yourself a get over day. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, you just got to just got to know what you want to do. Right. Like I want to be absolutely sure uh, most days um, that when I'm leaving the house, I don't have to worry about like uh, catching the poop in my hand or whatever <laughs> or making sure that like there's not an extra mess back there yeah that's that's a pretty uh fail safe the, the foolproof way to do this i am having trouble with words today i got sick at fanime i'm not entirely here today my my vocabulary is a little haywire no worries oh actually i should also say this in addition to what i'm saying I'm not using Solamente wet wipes. It's a combo between wet wipes and the normal TP. Yeah, see, that's that's the real shit right there. Pun absolutely intended. You know, you 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 hit it with the wet. You hit it with the dry. You not only have you conquered any trace of fecal matter, but now you're also dry and fresh, and you don't have to deal with the moistness of whatever wet wipe you're using. Uh, why are we talking? I'm not having this conversation anymore. We've been talking about shit for a pretty longer than I would expect. I'll just I'll just leave it at that. So going back to Pokemon, uh, (laughs) yeah, we need to gamify taking a shit. Make sure we gamify pooping. Kids everywhere. Uh, Pokemon go shit on the toilet. (laughs) Force your parents to purchase wet wipes for you and if you fail at that then you lose yeah you get you, that's that's basically the equivalent of buying the dlc for pokemon go take a shit mm. yep anyway you gotta get those add-ons so speaking of pokemon add-ons the other thing that was announced with pokemon's go to sleep or pokemon sleep is uh pokemon go plus plus that's um i didn't stutter uh it's called pokemon go plus plus there was already pokemon go plus and they ran out of ideas past that so they said "Eh, fuck it plus plus i don't know whose idea this was and i don't know if they're a genius or just really stupid but you know what i thought it was a joke it's not what is it it's the sleep monitoring device with an accelerometer and Bluetooth, whatever, whatever. It's kind of, it's pretty much what Nintendo said that they would do some years back with quality of life stuff. And I guess this is what they landed on, you know, just doing it through Pokemon. I hate this. I hate it. This is uh, we're getting closer and closer every day to the cyberpunk future that nobody fucking wants where multinational corporations literally just run your life and it's good like there will be uh, corporate wars. I can't wait until the first time Google goes to war with a country like Ireland who wants their fucking tax money. No, it would be Apple who goes to war with Ireland. Yeah, Apple's going to go to war with Ireland, and then they're just going to glass the entire country for whatever reason. (laughs) It's going to be fucking awful. Yeah. Because they have the courage to remove a headphone jack, and they got the courage to nuke some Irish. They might just do it, too. 
I wouldn't put it past them. They've been doing nothing but bad ideas lately. Yeah, I don't know. This is, it's not, oh God, the cyberpunk future that nobody wants is coming closer and closer every fucking day. Every time one of those movies comes out, you always wonder, oh, how did it get this way? How could anybody let society be so controlled? And then, and then you've got the Googles and the Amazons and don't. Don't ever forget about the Disney's. Holy shit, they're taking over everything. Oh yeah, Disney. Disney's going to be another one of those multi-nats. Rather than Atari on the side of the building in Blade Runner, it's just going to be Disney. Absolutely. Fuck. What I find real what I find real funny about this is most of these companies are headquartered in the West Coast. It's like a lot of NorCal and Seattle. So that's going to be a land struggle that will be strong. It's like you thought the conflict over over Israel and Jerusalem was hard. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> it's the new the do, new Disneyland that's been uh, molded where the Lucas Farms. What was it? Lucas Studios. Skywalker Ranch. Skywalker uh, Ranch. There it goes. Where Skywalker Ranch is, they're slowly just going to encroach on the rich people's property out there and just slowly <laughs> take it over. But because it's in Emeryville, it's going to be really close to Pixar. And then they're going to have to have a blood fight uh, between employees. First, it's going to start out as something friendly like, oh, you know what? Let's just play a uh, pickup basketball game because our lawyers aren't going to sort this out. <laughs> Winner takes the property. And people are going to be like, oh, that's so funny and quirky look at these two companies playing basketball for this property and what'll happen is they'll eventually it'll turn into a fight and then it'll turn into a war it'll just keep going it'll escalate eternally and see well what's going to happen before before it starts escalating in games it's going to escalate in scale of the basketball game you're going to have you know Apple buys LeBron, so Google buys Steph Curry. But of course, they they again just think it's all part of the game. So they're not even doing it for money, and that's where they really fucked up because they just literally signed away their lives, and now they're conscripted into their respective armies. And then it goes from basketball to slam ball to roller ball. I think that was that murder ball or whatever yes. the fuck it's called. Yeah, it's gonna go from yes. those sports. And LeBron's gonna be a murder ball vet with an eye patch. And he's gonna say, It's been twenty long years. He's gonna Steph Curry's gonna be the like the literal first casualty. <laughs> yep. It's a rough it's it's gonna be a rough future. Someone write this movie. I want to see it. Also, help us become a gigantic multinational corporation uh, by submitting things to our Patreon or buying, paying for our Patreon. Patreon.com. Join our Patreon. Patreon.com. Just, yeah. Join the Patreon. Help us overtake Google in about 30 million <laughs> years, however long it would take. And then we can go to war. I think if Google stopped making money today, just uh, that's it. Their net worth is frozen. It would still take literal eons at this rate. Yeah. Yeah. There's not. I don't think there's a product on this planet that we could offer that would make us that much money. I mean, there probably is, but uh, uh, like I'll just start selling my nudes. uh, They're not worth that much. 
I know, yeah, dudes just aren't <laughs> worth that much. It's, it's a tough life out here. Yeah. That's the real gender wage gap. Yeah, why nudes. can't I sell my nudes for a lot of money? Why can't I have a fans-only account worth tens of thousands of dollars? <laughs> Some hater shit. It's the worst. It's the worst. Life isn't fair for us straight men. No, no, it's not. Hmm. It's terrible. Whatever. Well, those are my topics. Say la vie. <laughs> uh, watched a movie called all the devil's men on netflix it wasn't a netflix original that's how you know it wasn't a piece of shit and it was it was it was another one of those like paramilitary contractor movies where all the americans in it are fucking psychos but it's also featuring a bunch of people from london who are also psychos it didn't make me feel weird about being american and watching the movie at all it did just point out that there is a way to do those movies that's not tasteful and i prefer those movies not be tasteful because they're bad movies in concept always (laughs) i've never met a good one of those movies so all the devil's men has a 25 percent on rotten tomatoes it's not a good movie at all it's not Um, the movie stars milo gibson sylvia hex william fincher Fitchner, excuse me, Joseph Milson, Elliot Cowan, and Mbenga Akinagbe. I can't do the name. I'm sorry. Yeah, anyway. (laughs) Uh, The movie is just about a paramilitary contracting group who goes out and needs to kill somebody who's at the top of the president's kill list. And one of the things that happens in these movies frequently is that there's always somebody on the top of the president's kill list. And in this instance, because the movie was made in like 2018, I was like, which president's kill list? Is this like a journalist that he wants dead because he was made fun of by them or something? Like, what the fuck is happening? Because it literally takes place uh, in 2018. Like, the idea that... Um, anybody who's slightly politically aware would know that the president isn't like actually paying attention to that sort of shit. It's like (laughs) baffling to me. The movie in itself is, uh, it's relatively well done. Like it's got a lot of practical effects that look good. Um, the movie, it's not necessarily a fun watch, but it's like a dark watch. You can do it while you're participating in other things like texting on your phone, uh, talking to your loved ones about things that actually matter. And you can just kind of ignore the movie because you'll know when things are happening. None of the dialogue matters. The twists are obvious. You know exactly what's going to happen throughout the movie because these movies exist and they have for a long time. And there's nothing really unique about them. But anyway, um, this movie in particular is very bad. I don't recommend it. I enjoyed it, though, because I like shitty stuff. And that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. The second movie I watched, I don't know if I had spoken about this on the show, but it was uh, Rim of the World. And this is literally one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm a huge hater, as some of you may know. Uh, There are things, it's difficult to please me. Um, I'm I'm not very forgiving when it comes to a lot of stuff. But this movie is supposed to be like a comedic Stranger Things. 
with a bunch of kids that you've never seen before and with effects done like from red giant presets and uh video co-pilot presets and like a bunch of tutorials that they saw on youtube or whatever there's this point in the movie where it goes from being shot normally you know how like everything's color graded in a normal way like you just it looks like a normal outdoor shot but it goes from that to just filtered and it goes from normal day to like a dark orange filter to a blue filter to a green filter to a purple filter to a red filter and it just doesn't ever go back to looking normal throughout the entire movie and it's a hard fucking switch too you see it and you're like huh what's this supposed to be like is there something on fire in the sky that they should be paying attention to and it's supposed to like what I think it's supposed to be is it's supposed to be common like uh, similar to Hangover where they kind of just they did a hard switch between the styles right it, it was shot kind of like a horror movie and it kind of added to the weird tension there uh, this movie seems like it was made by people with far less talent than professionals it seems like maybe they had i mean ah, that it seems really mean to say that i don't it's not that i don't think these people aren't good enough to be paid for it it's just that maybe the movie didn't have the budget to pay for good effects i mean that's definitely a thing like i'm watching the trailer right now and this looks fucking awful like even just the the redheaded kid just his outfit is already enough for me to like write this off. Yeah, man. Like no kid dressed like that going to a fucking camp holding a, a Rubik's cube and everything. Like no one's that stereotypical. And also, holy shit. Yes. In the trailer, these effects are bad. And this is definitely just magic bullet looks. That's just click the button. It's gritty now. Yeah. And, that's fine for your YouTube project, but actual color grading is a skill. It's not just applying stuff afterward. And, you know, if you do want to do that, you got to shoot it in a very specific way. You have to think about this stuff beforehand. It can't just be slapped on. And so the problem largely that, the problem that I have largely with this movie is not even that it looks like it was slapped together or whatever. It's just that it looks like they didn't really try that hard. They, they wanted to do the project. They had the money for it, but they didn't put in any effort for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure at some point they had a real idea and someone really wanted to make this movie, but it certainly seems like they just phoned it in or didn't have the budget or didn't have the talent. Like something went wrong at some point and you know, it's not shitty enough that it's just a fun, bad watch, but certainly doesn't look good enough for a good actual watch, you know? One of the things that happens in the movie, I mean, it's poorly written, if you couldn't already tell just by looking at it. Uh, one of the biggest problems is that it's got King Bosch in it and another comedian. And 
they it's just two black dudes and they're being exceedingly vulgar with the kids or whatever and at one point they look at each other and they're like why do they have us talking like black men from the 1980s and the response was it's because they want us to and i was just like what the <laughs> fuck like self-awareness does not make you good it doesn't make you funny and i say it a lot because it's fucking true but like fuck that's gross and bad yeah yeah i mean i there are ways to do self-aware humor and to make it work but it has to be in the context of something that's you know it's self-aware the whole time you know like i i know you don't really care for fourth wall breaks or anything but you know something like a deadpool can get away with self-aware humor because that's that's the tone that's been set or like uh, always sunny in Philadelphia where you know these are terrible people and therefore when they do terrible things it's through the lens of oh yeah this is bad you know but something like that where it's it hasn't been self-aware thus far it hasn't been a straight comedy thus far why would you throw that joke in there without the proper context without the proper setup for that I'm past the days where I downplay the difficulty in making a movie, but you can do better than this. You have to be able to do better than this. And Netflix, I, it can't just be what everybody says it is in that it's a dumping ground for shit that nobody else will buy. This movie, Rim of the World, if it wasn't so vulgar, it should have just been a sci-fi original movie the comedy doesn't work in most of the movie. The movie is just poorly acted all around and it's not, it's not good. It's just not good. Don't watch it. (laughs) Sounds, I was going to say sounds good, but no, it sounds pretty bad. So yeah, sounds bad. Not going to watch it. Good choice. That's the choice for the best. You know, it's funny that like Netflix has such, well, you said this this is or is not a Netflix original. It is. Uh, All the Devil's Men was not a Netflix original. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, because like, then you have other stuff like Roma, which is like destroys all the award shows and all that by being so good. And then you get this shit. It's very, very wide range of quality here. All right, let's get into questions from the subreddit, reddit.com slash r slash real nerd hours. Join the discussion, yada yada. First question today comes from Juice Campbell. He asks, what are you guys' favorite quote unquote adult cartoon series? South Park is an obvious favorite of mine, but Mission Hill and home movies from the old school adult swim days are undeniable classics. Daria is also very high on my list, and although they're labeled as kids shows, Regular show and gumball get honorable mentions for being witty and kid friendly. I like gumball a lot. I like regular show a lot. Um, hate Steven Universe. Absolutely hate <laughs> that show. And I think that um, Adventure Time was cool for a little bit, but I don't know what happened to that show. That show got weird, but not in like a fun way. But yeah, uh, I really fucked with Boondocks. Mission Hills was fucking fantastic. Futurama, of course. I'm not... When I was younger, I really liked South Park. Now I don't really fuck with South Park for a lot of reasons. 
There are a lot of really good shows, actually. Futurama definitely being my A number one for really a lot of reasons. But that was probably one of the most impactful shows when I was younger. Uh, just because it like it was kind of weird. It's, it was a weird <laughs> show. But it was it's not like super hilarious. It's just consistently funny, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and because of the setting, they can do basically anything. You know, if they want to go to a planet where everyone's inside out, you just have to accept that this is a planet where everyone's inside out. And you, you don't question that. So they had a lot of creative freedom with what they do. And they also established pretty early on that they will hit you with some some very emotional moments. And there's nothing you can do about it. Very true. Yeah, so Futurama is definitely, you know, one of the one of the top of the top of that list for probably most animation fans. Simpsons is probably my number one just for like at its peak, I still think old like best Simpsons is unfuckwithable. Like I can throw that on any crowd at any time and as long as you're even just listening, you don't even need the visual gags. If you're just listening to the dialogue, you're going to be cracking up. And I don't think there's any other show that was as consistently good as seasons like two through nine Simpsons. And then, of course, a lot of the other uh, the the adult sim classics will get you there. Uh, obviously, I'm a fan of Boondocks. If you didn't get where my name came from. It's a direct reference to the boondocks. So, yeah, that's also way the fuck up there, except season three sucked. I do like American Dad, but I fucking hate Family Guy. It's really (laughs) weird. I feel like Family Guy has some moments that are like legitimately funny. But as a whole, the show is so tired, so recycled, so random that it's just I no, I can't defend it. It's also like you know, offensive for offensive sake and which I can't respect, you know, it's got issues. It was fun for a moment. And then I turned 15, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think American dad does a better job of being like a sitcom, um, a cartoon sitcom. I also think American dad gets away with being more of a pure parody. Like, with Peter, he's just ridiculous and he's just an asshole. And he's like, he's supposed to be, you know, this every man that's like effectively just a worse Homer Simpson where he's trying to be a good dad, but you know, that doesn't always work. But over time he just became a complete asshole. And then like, same thing goes with the rest of the characters in family guy. Like, they just got too ridiculous. They became caricatures of themselves and they were already parodies. So that just got worse. You know, American dad, they're a lot more solid in what they're supposed to be. You know, Stan is the, the stereotypical conservative. And then the daughter whose name escapes me, she's just a goth and Steve is just a nerd and they don't have to do other things. And I think, they had more direction with it and that's why it's better in the long run. Yeah. Do you watch, uh, that star Trek show? What's it called? Oh, the Orville. Orville. Yeah. I've seen clips from it. Like my, my parents watched 
Yeah, my parents watch all of it, but uh, I've only seen bits and pieces of it because my dad's a huge Star Trek fan. So, of course, you know, he's going to check this out. Uh, it seemed cool from what I was watching. I didn't see enough of it to form a real opinion, but I've heard good things. Oh, fair enough. Also, I want to give a shout out to C-Lab 2021 for being the dumbest show that I actually enjoyed. That show was stupid as fuck, but it was so cool. The show was so fucking dumb. <laughs> Just wait in two years. It'll be, it'll be real. Our next question comes from XX the X Janitor XX. He asks, do you guys think we are now entering the pandering for 90s kids era and getting out of the 80s? If so, what fears and dreams do you have of this? We are definitely already in the era of pandering to the 90s. We are absolutely there. I saw someone wearing an outfit that looked like it was lifted straight out of in living color. And I said, oh, it's that time, huh? Oh, yeah. Fashion is so gross right now. It's so whack. Like actually wearing dumb looking clothes from the 90s, but in earnest is so gross to me. There's some stuff that's, you know, 90s chic that I do like, like the neon colors on on a sweater or a jacket or something. I, I like that, but I also like wearing very loud clothing. Um, I mean, having a Kooji is fine. Well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but like the, the ill-fitting pants and... Whack-ass tie-dye shirts and ah, I'm not I'm not with it. Gorpcore is something that the nation has adopted. This is this is what life looks like now. Whole lot of Patagonia being represented. Yeah, that's a lot a of lot, a lot of windbreakers. Well, whatever. This is this is life now. So just uh, just enjoy it and hope that you still have some clothes that fit from back then. I guess. Or, you know, raid your parents' closet, see if you still have anything from your high school days, wait for the 2000s to roll back again, start wearing Jinko jeans, Anger Blues, be good to go. Saw a man with a wallet chain on in earnest the other day. I was really pissed about it. I don't know why I'm upset about other people's (laughs) fashion choices. It's not like I have to wear the clothes. In all honesty, I think it's dumb looking. It's just not, none of the clothes really look all that good. I'm fine with going back to uh, like mid 2010s fashion where it was trench boots, jeans, and like flannel. That's, I'm fine with that. Not flannel in the 90s way though. Yeah. Yeah. I've never really been a fan of flannel. And everyone walking around looking like a lesbian. Like, that's not really what I'm about. And I guess that is the look that that's coming back is the, uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't mean to be offensive, but y'all know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean. You know the look. That's fashion. Every once in a while, there will be something that I like and a whole lot of it is shit that I just have to get used to again. I can't wait until people start wearing FUBU again in earnest. (laughs) Oh, man. All them jerseys. Yeah, put on the extra baggy shit. You gotta. You wear your shit three sizes too big or go home. I don't want to see no definition in your body. Absolutely not. Not now, not never. So the next question comes from Aluminum Tubes. He asks... 
What kind of nerd shit do you think your parents would be into if they were millennials? Things like anime and video games and D&D seem socially, so socially acceptable nowadays that even our dads would be into something that they've broken our balls about before. I have a very warped perspective on this question because my dad was also a nerd. Like, he was the one that got me into such classics as Castlevania and Mega Man and Tekken. So, and he got me into them because he was into them. So, he would probably be on whatever's the most hipping and hopping and thing. Like, I don't think he would be super hipster about it, but he would probably be into whatever popular shit than all the nerds are doing, you know? So, he'd be into, like, My Hero and stuff. He'd probably like that now. Fair enough. Uh, my mom would absolutely be into some Etsy creative shit. She would just be making knickknacks and she'd probably be like big on fucking Instagram too. She loved photography. Um, my dad, uh, that's, that's a good guess. He's way like right now he's like, dumb into westerns and he really loves star trek i mean that's a good place to start <laughs> yeah i mean and your your dad was in the navy yeah he was yeah so he'd probably be a magic player as well for whatever reason all the navy guys around here are all magic players no oh, gross yeah, yeah. probably I, I don't know what what the correlation with that is but it just is you know <laughs> yeah i mean you're in like confined quarters for long periods of time and you don't have much else to do, really. That's my guess. Yeah, yeah. It would be a good way to pass the time, I guess. Yeah. What, you're going to fucking play Texas Hold'em for the 10,000th time? There are only 52 cards in that deck. Yeah, there's only so many ways. And it's not like they could gamble that much. I mean, I guess they could if someone was really hustling, but not. <laughs> but yeah, I guess for my mom, she was more of like the literary nerd type, so... I'm sure she would have read through all of the Harry Potters and Song of Ice and Fire and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Probably would be into some RPGs, but I doubt she would go too crazy into into gaming or anime. Maybe, maybe like Miyazaki films. She'd probably be a Miyazaki film hoe, but that's, that's about it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's an interesting, an interesting thing to ponder you know, with how the times have changed. So let us know what your parents would be into. What's your dad like? Uh, it, let us know in, in the discord in the subreddit, whatever, you know, everyone can answer. Thanks everybody for writing into this week's edition of real nerd hours. If you want to write into the show, uh, real nerd and you can leave us a question on the subreddit. If you want our other social media information, check out the website, realnerdhours.com uh, otherwise you can support the show on patreon.com patreon.com slash realnerdhours uh, for the bonus content that we produce thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you next Thursday y'all have a good night